shit. What's going on, everybody? This is David Castle with the Knowledge with Homage podcast. We got Hoot the Owl on the beat here. I'm just gonna let this shit play for a while. I like this. Uh, uh. Little jazzy. Sure, I got my levels right here. Check, check. It's been a little while since our last show here, so. Without further ado, I will bring to you Knowledge with Homage. What the fuck's up, everybody? It's October 16th, Wednesday, 2019. Moving right along in this year, 2019. It's about to be 2020, the year 2020 when everybody sees clearly and everything is okay. But I doubt that's going to happen. Shit is pretty fucked up. Hope everyone's doing good out there, uh, you know, making money and stuff and doing what you got to do to survive. Staying smart, not doing too many bad drugs. There's a lot of that where I live here in Nevada in Carson City. A lot of drug addicts walking around, a lot of homeless people. It's more prevalent, more prevalent in Reno, but there's still a good amount of people who are homeless and having a real rough time over here in Carson City. And this time of year, that sucks, man. I mean, it sucks all the time, but especially when it starts getting cold. So, you know, look out for your fellow human beings out there just because they're homeless, just because they might do drugs or whatever doesn't mean they're not human beings and they don't need to be, you know, have a helping hand. Here and there and shit, you know? The other yesterday I was at the store. I was like looking for some clothes and stuff. And uh there was like a little incident that went down. Some guy, he's like maybe thirty years old, mid twenties to thirty. He had a beard and shit. Wasn't looking you know, it didn't look too bad. He didn't look like ultimately homeless, like you couldn't really tell, but he might have been. I mean, we were in like a nicer department store. And I don't know what happened, but I heard him and some older white lady get into it. And he was calling her a bitch and shit. And she was saying, I don't know what happened. I didn't see what started it off. But uh, the lady called for security because they had security at this store. And then she said that he was asking her for money and that, you know, trying to get him kicked out and shit. And I, I stayed out of it because I didn't know whose side to take. I didn't know if she was just being a bitch and she didn't like the way he looked or if, you know, he was being an asshole. It was probably a little bit of both. But I'm sitting there, like, looking around and all this shit's going down and he's arguing with the security guard and the ladies that work there. And then both of the ladies are kind of looking at me like, are you going to do something? And I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? You know, like, I don't know whose side to take here. I don't know who's right and who's wrong. And then the guy wasn't threatening or anything. He wasn't going to beat anyone up. You could tell by the way he was talking. Kind of seemed like he was gay maybe or something. He didn't seem very threatening is what I'm trying to say. But um, there was just a weird thing. And then I left. I was like, fuck this. I don't even want to buy anything here. Awkward, right? But um, it's just, you know, there's a lot of tension in society right now, I think. A lot of misunderstandings and bullshit going down and then last night uh, I was driving home 
I stopped at the gas station to grab something, and there were some kids standing at the door, just standing there, you know. And you could tell he, you know, was doing meth or whatever. It was all skinny, had all the scabs and stuff. And he's like, hey, how's it going? I was like, good, man, how you doing? And, you know, went inside and then came out. And he's like, hey, man, where are you going? You going that way? I'm like, where do you need to go, man? And so I gave him a ride. Long story short, you know, he, the kid wasn't threatening or nothing. Obviously, was having a rough time. Nobody wants to be sitting outside the gas station at 11 p.m., you know, with nowhere to go, no ride or anything. So I dropped him off at the casino. I don't know if that's any better. But, you know, got to help out your fellow man, even if they're homeless, even if they're doing drugs and shit. Like, it's just a rough life, and you got to help out the people around you. That's the moral of the story, because what if you are in their position? And it doesn't matter if you don't do drugs or, you know, you're not homeless. What if one day your car breaks down or, you know, something happens, you get stranded? Wouldn't you like somebody to lend you a hand and help you out? And it's different. It depends on who you are. If you're some, like, you know, helpless girl, and not that all girls are helpless, but, you know, like, if you feel threatened or whatever, then obviously don't do it. But if you're in the position to, you know, protect yourself and you could feel the vibes coming off the person, you know that they're okay, then, you know, help them out, man. Because life is hard enough, right? Shit is, uh, you know, it is what it is. So there's my... um. Me on my fucking high horse and being all moral and shit. And, you know, there's just a lot of division in society, like I was saying. Like, I was on Twitter earlier, which I don't know why. All that's the social media, Facebook, Twitter, even Instagram. There's just so much dumb shit. And I'm see, I'm sure people see my stuff and think the same about me, but people just go off on this social media and they st- say, they say stuff that Nobody would ever say in real life to another human being. They just get so, you know, offhand and just say some outrageous shit. For example, I saw this meme that was like said, uh, it's 20, it said something along these lines. It said it's 2019 and girls are still fucking white guys. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? And it had like 11 million fucking retweets. Like, no joke. And I'm just like, damn, bro, like. Not that I was offended or anything, but it was just weird. Like, holy shit, this is what people say. Just blatantly racist shit. But you can get away with it on Twitter, and you can get away with it if you're a girl and you're like a whore or like a stripper or whatever. They get away with all kinds of shit, man. They can talk shit about whoever they want. As long as you're selling your pussy, then it's okay. But imagine if, you know, a dude, a white dude was supposed to say, like, it's 2019 and... Girls are still fucking black guys or something? Like, nah, dude, you would be, like, fucking lynched in the streets, bro. But then again, it's okay for a white cop to shoot a black guy. That's still going down all the time anyway. So these are just symptoms of the larger problem of society. We're really being pinned against each other. It's the rich against the poor. It's the blacks against the whites or, you know, Hispanics against the whites or whatever. Just anything to keep us divided and you know, misreading the true purpose of life because we're all suffering this thing together. It's not like anybody is really so much better off than the next person. Like, I don't fucking get some special shit because I'm white or maybe I do when I don't, you know, get it, but it's not like I get a fucking check every month or I get invited to these special jobs or I had a scholarship to a great school or something. That shit never happened to me. But 
you know, they actually do have some scholarships and stuff. If you're like Indian and whatnot or a Hispanic or black, there are certain they have to fulfill quotas. So there's like, a, you know, more diversity and shit. So they'll hook certain people up. But the thing about like the white privilege thing, I don't really know about it. I mean, there is a lot of racism against, you know, all kinds of people. It's also demographic, too, and uh, like a more of a a class level thing, like poor people. Everybody hates bums. You know, there's nobody, there's no white privilege for the white fucking crackhead bum on the street. Nobody gives a fuck about him. He ain't getting, you know, too many handouts. Maybe you'll get some like uh, methadone or something. Which sucks. And then you'll throw the needle on the streets of San Francisco for a kid to play with. But when the pioneers came over from Ameri- or from Europe to escape the religious persecution that was going on there and the, sh- the fucked up kings who could roll up into your house, steal all your shit and rape your daughter and stuff. Like medieval Europe was not that nice. And people came to America to start a new life. And it was all kinds of people. It wasn't just English people. It were Spaniards and Portuguese and all kinds of motherfuckers coming over here just to start some new shit. And yes, there were people already living here, the Indians, the Native Americans, and uh, some of them were friendly, and we became homies with them. Sometimes there was wars and shit, and there was land being stolen and diseases being spread. You know, it wasn't all nice, but it wasn't that nice to begin with over here. It wasn't like all of the Native Americans were totally at peace with each other. They were all warring with each other, and uh, it wasn't all peaches and cream, as some people make it seem. And we just had Columbus Day on Monday, and uh, it's kind of funny how pretty much everyone is on board with the fuck Columbus train, which I agree, I guess fuck Columbus, and fuck, I think it's just he gets the brunt of it because he's the only European explorer who has a holiday, like there's no Pizarro Day, obviously, because he's somebody who actually did kill a bunch of people. I don't think Columbus actually killed a bunch of people himself. He was, from what I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, which I probably will be, um, he was like a really religious dude and a great navigator. Like, the dude was pretty badass. You can't deny that. And he didn't come here with an intention to murder all the Indians. Um, there was other explorers who did, like Cortez and Pizarro and, and a lot of other people, uh, Spanish explorers and stuff, who did kill a lot of people intentionally and they raided the Aztec fucking community and killed them all and shit. But these motherfuckers were pretty bad too. Like, they would cut off motherfuckers' heads on top of a pyramid and then roll it down. Roll it down the pyramid, their blood squirting everywhere and shit, and they would sacrifice people and throw them into volcanoes and stuff. Like, dude, shit has been pretty crazy no matter what. And, uh, I don't know. Maybe we're being a little hard on Columbus, but maybe not. Maybe he was a fucking asshole. But then we got all these other holidays. Like, for example, we still have Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And Martin Luther King Jr. was an awesome dude, don't get me wrong. But one thing nobody ever mentions about MLKJ Day is how the CIA killed Martin Luther King Jr. And this was, there was a court case about it. It was a civil case um, with the King family that went against the U.S. government. And a jury ruled that, yeah, the fucking government killed MLKJ. And then we give him his own holiday. Like, that's how fucked up we are. And it's the same as, like, the 9-11 shit. Like, 
you know, the government or the powers that be, the Illuminati, the fucking whatever you want to call them, they blow up these towers or rather use a directed energy weapon to dustify them. And then they create a big like monument to it and and create another building. It's supposed to signify all the lives lost when they were the ones who did it. You know, so there's just so much fuckery going on and it's just so confusing, you know, and it no wonder so many people are lost and confused and they don't have a purpose and stuff and they're just depressed and there's so much suicide and just misguided people. It's just very strange. So, I don't know, man. Over in California, they had all those power shutoffs from Pacific Gas and Electric. They shut off powers to millions of customers. I think it was 800,000 customers, but obviously more than one person lives in a home usually. So, it was more like two or three million people who were without power. And the reason they gave for doing this was because of wildfire danger. But you had people living in these areas... And they're like, it's not even windy. It's not really that hot. So this doesn't make any sense. And it's unprecedented. It has never been done before where an electric company just decides to shut off power to its consumers due to wildfire danger. So it's it's an obvious lie. And if you're believing that this shit is to stop a wildfire, then you're incredibly gullible because, come on, man, that's, that's not just... It's just ridiculous to believe that. And then, of course, once they say there's going to be fires, the fires did start that night, even though they, you know, supposedly turned off the power, which they actually did. They did turn off the power. And then the wildfires spark up. Uh, They spark up and, you know, shit's burning just like it did a couple years ago, just like it's going to do every year now because they're trying to get all the people off of the land in California especially in, you know, the red parts of the state, the more Republican conservative areas, because California is like the testing ground for the new world order, like regime, the police state they want to, you know, put into place the 1984 brave new world types of society that they're trying to do, which involves uh, 5G, the Internet of Things, Um, It has to do with sustainable development and the climate change thing. It's all written down in Agenda 21, the UN document, and Agenda 2030 as well. Agenda 21 covers the whole 21st century. And it's pretty fucking crazy. It involves getting people off of the land, all into big cities, um, you know, doing away with personal property. We we can't drive any more cars and shit. All our cars got to be electric. And uh, we have to move away from certain energy sources. And it's all for the good of the planet so we can save the planet. But in reality, it's uh, an offshoot of the eugenics movement of the early 1900s, who very powerful people were a part of. People like uh, Julian Huxley, the brother of Aldous Huxley, who wrote Brave New World. Julian Huxley was the founder of UNESCO, which is a UN organization, the United Nations Education, Science, and Cultural Organization. And they were a big part of uh, popularizing the term sustainable development and getting that, you know, beaten into the public consciousness and creating the, you know, climate change movement where people are the enemy and we need to change our way of life in order to save the planet and to change the weather. So isn't that pretty crazy how we have to stop driving cars and, you know, cut down on our fossil fuel emissions and uh, our carbon dioxide emissions and we can't eat meat anymore because 
because of methane emissions from the cows. And uh, and that's going to change the weather, you know. And yet, when I talk about real patented technologies that have been around for decades that are clearly stated to the purposes to control the weather and the millions and millions, billions of dollars has been thrown towards this purpose. And it is very well documented. There is a huge history of it and it's not very hard to find. And yet I'm fucking crazy for talking about how people can control the weather. And yet all these other motherfuckers are like driving Priuses thinking they're going to change the weather. You know, with something so minuscule as changing what you drive in your little emissions and stuff. It's just ridiculous, man, like to think about how backwards our mindsets are or how much people just don't think. And they just believe what is told to them as long as it is told to them by an authority figure because that's the way we have been trained. That is what our uh, public school system is really geared towards is getting people to obey an authority figure. You have a person in a position of authority who is standing in front of the class and they're dictating what is right and wrong, what is true and what is untrue. And you're supposed to just believe that and run with it and that is your reality. And if you question it, you get ostracized and, you know, thrown out of the popular crowd and shit and you'll even get detention or whatever. I know whenever I tried to combat with my teacher or to present a different side of the argument, I was shunned. And they didn't really like it. So you just kind of learn to not do that and just play along. And eventually, if you do that for long enough, you'll actually start believing, you know, as you were told to believe, which is the ultimate goal of that system. Uh, To be an individual is not condoned in this society. You know, we're all supposed to be the same. And the reason they want that is because it's easier to control people who all think the same, which is why there are certain standards that are prevalent in fiction, in movies, television shows, books, uh, even podcasts and, and radio shows and stuff. There are certain things that just won't be talked about. And the reason why is because it's against the norm and it is against the prevailing status quo. And if you go against that, people don't know what to do. They're just, there's something called cognitive dissonance that kicks in. And it is an inability for people to accept things that are beyond their realm of understanding. If it goes against what they already know, then they don't want to believe it because it shatters their perception of reality. And people don't like that. They feel unsafe and it's it's worrisome. And it's just uncomfortable so I would encourage people to research cognitive dissonance because I was I suffered from it at one point which I probably still do to some regard but not as much as I once did you know you're very resistant to certain ideas when you're suffering from cognitive dissonance and the people who are in control of the planet are very familiar with this which is why they're so good at controlling shit. Because, you know, if you control the media, if you control Hollywood, you know, the music industry and all that, if you control the information and the data being given to the public, and if you give them so much data that they can't even make sense of it, like an overload of it, your brain can only handle so much information. So if you're constantly being bombarded by different information and stuff that is conflicting with each other, then... It's hard to make sense of it all, and you're just confused, and you tune it out. 
So we're being overloaded with information like never before. Uh, it used to be you had like a couple books in your house. Maybe you had the Bible and a couple of philosophy books. And I'm talking about, you know, early America, like in the 1800s and early 1900s. There was only so much information available. And you would study that shit and you would come to understand it very, very well. Um, people would actually study philosophy. They would study people like Ralph Waldo Emerson or Henry David Thoreau, um, people like Thomas Paine, and, you know, really, really great minds who are incredibly intelligent. People like Emanuel Swedenborg and just, you know, Ed Arthur Schopenhauer and shit, just smart motherfuckers. And people would study this shit and they thought it was cool. Like that was the cool thing to do was to be intelligent and to have debates with each other. And sometimes these debates would last for hours and hours and hours and people wouldn't get all mad and fucking end up yelling at each other. It would just be a civil debate. And if you disagreed with someone, then that was fine. And you didn't have to dislike someone because you believed differently than them. But now it's the complete opposite. If somebody thinks differently than you, then they're immediately just a bad person and they're demonized. And that's kind of what's happening to Donald Trump right now. So, you know, say what you will about him. Um, the guy is just different than any president we've had before, really. He doesn't really give a fuck. And the reason why is because he's fucking rich. If you've ever talked to somebody who's really, really rich, like billionaire status rich, they're fucking assholes, man. Like in real life, they might put on a persona for the camera or something, you know, when there's a PR stunt to be had. Um, they'll be, you know, nice and civil. But in real life, they're fucking assholes. And the reason why is because you can't tell them what to do. They're rich as fuck. You know, they fucking own the world. And uh, it wasn't too long ago when I was like, I sell cars, right? So I start talking to this dude on the lot who's looking at this car. And um, the guy was just a fucking asshole. And people with money, they just tell you what to do. They boss you around and all this stuff. And it turns out this guy I was talking to, his name is Tom Gonzalez. And he's a billionaire, like probably the richest dude I've ever talked to. Not that that's fucking very cool or anything. He didn't give me a million dollars or anything. But uh, the way he talked was something else. He would talk very fast, and everybody was a cocksucker. And every other word was a was a cuss word. He's like, all right, we're going to pick this cocksucker up. Or pick this cocksucker up. We're going to drop it off to that bitch over in California. You'll fly my private jet over here to this motherfucker. I'll hop into that bitch. And then this cocksucker will take us over here. And I was just like, what the fuck? You know, this guy's going a million miles an hour and every other word is cocksucker. He made fun of my mustache and he said, uh, fuck, it was pretty funny actually what he said. Something about it being a dick broom. <laughs> Fucking dickhead. And then he didn't even buy the car. Fucking asshole. So anyways, like rich people just have a different view of life and they can be a little abrasive. And Trump is abrasive. He doesn't give a fuck what he says. Uh, and people love it, man. Like, you know, a lot of people are really into it. They admire him for saying what other people are afraid to say. But the establishment fucking hates it. But at the same time, I don't think Trump is, a uh, like, different from the establishment. You don't become president without playing along. I think he's just a puppet playing a role. And... uh he was a good guy to throw in there after Obama because Obama was charismatic. He was a very good talker, um, you know, respectful, kind of a comedian like Trump is, but he didn't have the same demeanor as Trump. He wasn't as arrogant as Trump, although he is extremely arrogant as well. They're both fucking cocksucking asshole murderer motherfuckers. But 
their personality differences are quite apparent. So, you know, everybody loved Obama, despite the fact he bombed more people than any other president in the history of the world. And yet he still got a Nobel Peace Prize. (laughs) He killed all kinds of motherfuckers. You know, he still locked people in cages at the Mexican border and, you know, deported a bunch of motherfuckers. And just, you know, the thing that gets me is just the blatant murder. And then you had the uh, Fast and Furious, the thing where he's running guns to the Mexican drug cartels and, you know, shit like that. So the guy was no saint or anything. Uh, He did a bunch of fucked up shit, too. It doesn't matter, Democrat or Republican, they're all going to do some messed up stuff. Uh, But it's amazing to see how much the media hates Trump in comparison to Obama, because it seemed like Obama could do no wrong. And everything he said was just amazing, and it was just, you know, earth-shattering and fucking brilliant. And anything Trump says or does, he's just retarded, a stupid, dumb motherfucker, and that's that. You know, that's just the way it is. And the reason why is because they've trained the public to give leeway to certain stereotypes. And, you know, Obama was a black man, and, uh, you know, very intelligent and shit like that, you know, charismatic, like I said. And then you have oh, Trump, the rich white dude, who is like, we've been trained to know that that's the devil. Obviously, he's a terrible person. He's rich and he's white. You know, people just fucking hate white people now. They're, it's a stereotype. And, um, but what a lot of people don't seem to understand is they're the same people. They're just actors, dude. Like, we literally had an actor who was president. Ronald Reagan was president. Fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger was the governor of California. You know, like... Why do you think that is? It's just, it's amazing that people actually believe this stuff. It's, it's, uh, it doesn't give me much hope in society when you have people who actually believe in this charade and this act that is going on. It's just crazy. So, I mean, back to the Pacific Gas and Electric shutdown in California, I think this is a very important event and is unprecedented. Uh, There's Deborah Tavares from StopTheCrime.net who has done a lot of uh, work with regard to this and came out with some information about it and did an interview. Um, I think it has to do with 5G because think about when you have to update your computer or your phone, a lot of times you're going to have to turn it off and then turn it back on. Uh, Maybe that's what they have to do with the grid in order to bring along this 5G internet of things. Now, if you haven't looked into 5G, I encourage you to do so because it's really going to change everything in the whole world. Everything is going to be integrated into one giant system. Uh, That's what has to do with the smart meters. That's the purpose of that. So they can shut out power to your home at any time or to all of the homes rather, you know, fucking everything. And, but your phone is going to be in the system, your washer, your dryer, the street lights, uh, all the backup cameras on the cars, which is why that was mandated in 2018. It's mandatory for every car to have a backup camera. Why do you think that is? You really think is so people can back up more safely? Do you think people were just getting slaughtered in parking lots by people who weren't looking over their shoulder to back up their car? No, of course not, dude. It's all about surveillance. And that's why all the cars got Bluetooth and all that. They want to be able to listen to you all the time. You know, that's what your cell phones are about, too. The cell phones, they aren't just this convenient tool that we have to make our lives easier. Although they are, but 
they're also a military tool. It's a surveillance device. Everything that you look up on there, everything you say, all the pictures you take, the videos, the voice recordings, the phone conversations, emails, all that shit is being monitored. Um, Edward Snowden came out and exposed all of it. Julian Assange did as well. You know, the NSA is listening to everybody, and yet they never stop any terrorists, right? When was the last time you heard of a terrorist event being stopped? That's that's the thing. It's because they're not meant to be stopped. The, they're doing this shit on purpose, you know? <laughs> they're funding this. And what happened to uh, the dude in, in Vegas? What was his name? Steven Paddock or some shit who shot up that whole Vegas uh, country music concert. And my dad's girlfriend was there, and people did get killed. And she was, like, hiding under a van, and motherfuckers were shooting shit up. And it was just crazy. Now, just because people got killed doesn't mean that the official story is totally correct. Um, You know, who knows what really happened? Were there, you know, some black ops motherfuckers around there just in the crowd shooting people? Like, where did this... I don't know. There's just so many unanswered questions. And that's how it is with all of these events. There was the shooting in Aurora, Colorado with the Dark Knight premiere. And, you know, the Sandy Hook shooting is all fucked up. You know, it doesn't take much research into that to know that everything's fucked. And, uh, but, and yet, if you question these events, you know, they, they'll call you insane. And uh, we're coming to a time when the surveillance is going to be so complete and so pervasive that the minute you say something about this shit and you try to call it out for what it is or even ask questions and challenge the official story even a little bit, you know, if you use your brain, you're going to be fucking locked up, man. They're going to throw you away in a fucking jail cell and leave you there to rot or they'll just kill you or they'll deny you a job because your social credit score will go down, because you're not being a a good member of society, because you're challenging the status quo. So you won't be able to get a job. Maybe you won't be able to get food. Um, Who knows? And that's what socialism is. You see, this is what happened in Soviet Russia. Okay, so the Soviet communist system was an experiment. It was to see how socialism would work and how communism would work um, at a large scale. Can we take everything away from the people and tell them that it's for their own good? And how will that work? You know, is this an effective means of controlling society? You see, it's never been about social justice. It was never about, you know, bringing up the rights for everyone. It was about the ruling elite being able to control everybody else effectively. So in Soviet Russia, they had this experiment, which was communism, in which you know tens of millions of people died, whether it was from starvation or just being locked in the gulags, or you know just blatantly murdered for for nothing or for challenging the system. But you could do just little shit, or just say something, mutter something under your breath, and somebody would turn you in, and you would be thrown into jail, and you'd have to be a prisoner of war or a slave. You know, for years and years and years, there were people who spent decades in the gulags just for some little shit they said. Uh, there was a philosopher who wrote a book about it. It was called the, um, I think it was called the Soviet Archipelago. Or Archipelago, is that how you say that word? Uh, he goes into all this shit because he lived in Soviet Russia when they made the switch to communism. And he just, 
recorded how fucked up it was. For example, you have these people who had these farms, and I think they were called Kalaks. And they were just farmer people. They would grow their food and shit. And some of them, you know, became moderately wealthy and were able to build, you know, nicer homes, maybe a two-story home. And then if, but the thing is, if you had a two-story home and all of the people around you had one-story homes, well, then the government would come in, they would tear down your fucking house and uh, they would say, no, you got to be the same as everybody else. You have to have a one-story home. And they would take away all your property so everybody's the same. You see, it's not about bringing everybody else up. It's about bringing people down. Meanwhile, the controlling class is still incredibly rich. You know, they still have hella money and shit. They're like fucking trillionaires. You know, but we don't talk about that. But that's what socialism and communism is. It's a society ran by experts, supposed experts. um, Basically a scientific dictatorship and that's kind of what the czars are that we have. You have a, a science czar and you know all this different kind of shit. And um, it's basically because there's people who want to tell you how to live. You know, they know better. Uh, um, they know what's best for you, basically. You know, you're too fucking stupid to run your own life. So we're going to hire this scientist to tell you what to do, what to eat, you know, what to drive, where you can live and all this stuff and how how you can build a home. You can't just build a house anymore. There's so many laws and so much red tape that it's almost impossible. For example, in California, every house you have to build, every house you build has to have solar panels. They all have to have solar panels. And what we just found out when PG&E shut off the power in California is that even if you have solar panels, and you think you're off the grid, you're not off the grid, you still don't have fucking power because your solar panels, they are fed back into the grid. And all the electric company does is give you a little credit. So if they shut off the grid and shut off power to your house, it doesn't matter if you have solar panels because you're still going through the grid, you still don't have power. So it sucks, man, for all those people who like prepared and they spent, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on these solar panels and you know, this off-the-grid shit, they still are fucked because it all goes back into the grid. It's all owned by the Rothschilds. Pacific Gas and Electric is owned by the Rothschilds. Where I live, Envy Energy is owned by Warren Buffett. And they're all billionaire people. They're all in the same gang. They all have the same agenda. They all attend the same meetings. You know, the CFR, the Council of Foreign Relations, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, the Bilderberg Group, there's a bunch of these different foundations that has, you know, an elected, not an elected group, but an appointed group of very, very powerful, influential people who attend these meetings and they have agendas to fulfill. It's not just like a fucking tea party. They don't just go there to, you know, fucking fuck around and and drink scotch and smoke cigars, although I'm sure they do. But there's agendas and there are certain... you know, goals they're going to hit. And they don't just give up, you know. They don't fucking forget what they're there to do. They're very goal-oriented, and it is very rare, um, almost, you know, unprecedented for them not to fucking do what they say they're going to do. And Agenda 21 is one of these outlines that, you know, they plan on doing what the fuck they say they're going to do. They didn't write it for no reason. So read that document, and you'll... 
get a better understanding of what's happening here and why all this shit's going down. But most people won't read that. They don't care. They just want the little tidbit that they get on the news or when they're scrolling through their Instagram feed or Twitter or whatever, and you just get a little blurb, like a 10-word synopsis of what is happening. But for a lot of people, that's enough, and that's what they form their conclusions around. They think they're well-informed by... You know, maybe reading one article about something or, or seeing a statement from somebody who is an authority figure, like a scientist from Harvard says this and that. Therefore, it's true and you can't question it. And you're crazy if anybody comes up with a different conclusion. And that is what is happening with the climate change hysteria, you know, formerly known as global warming. And this movement didn't even come around until the 70s. And it was a guy, Maurice Strong, who really popularized it. And it is an offshoot of eugenics. And what eugenics was is it is a group of people who believe that they're genetically superior to the rest of the population, uh, proof being that they are rich and everybody else is poor. So therefore, these people must be you know, lesser beings and therefore they need to be eradicated. They're useless eaters is the term that they used. Um, therefore, they should be killed and they should be sterilized so they can't reproduce and uh, thrown into asylums and, and tortured and experimented on and ultimately murdered. Uh, the Rockefellers were very big supporters of the eugenics movement. It was based out of Germany. And in World War II, before World War II, they, wrang they wrangled up all the, the mentally ill people and mentally ill was a, a slippery slope because it might have just been someone with uh, epilepsy or, you know, somebody who had seizures or something like different medical ailments would categorize you as uh, unfit for society and mentally unstable. So the Nazi regime, which was a socialist regime as well, uh, they took all these people and they put them into concentration camps, they experimented on them, did all kinds of fucked up experiments, and uh, just murdered a shitload of people. And they also did to the Jews as well, and you know, the blacks, and all kinds of people. If you weren't a regular white, upper class person, then you were undesirable, you were a useless eater, and you deserved to be killed. Now, after World War II, uh, when it came out that they had the concentration camps where all these Jews were killed, Eugenics kind of got a bad name, so they stopped using that word, but the movement continued on. They were just more low-key about it. Now, the next stage of eugenics, they couldn't be so blatant with it and just out in the open. They had to, to fuck with it a little bit. Now, they still had the goal of depopulation and you know getting rid of a bunch of people and all that, but they knew they couldn't do it the way that they previously thought. So the way they're doing it now is through sustainable development and through climate change. Um, the science on it, it's fucking bullshit, <laughs> to put it simply, because the scientists know what conclusion they're supposed to come up with. Scientists are given grants by foundations and by universities. Now keep this in mind too, the big universities, pretty much all the fucking schools, they rely on grants and endowments from big foundations, things like the Carnegie Institute, the Rockefeller Foundation, um, all these big, big foundations, which are controlled by the powerful elite that control the whole entire world. 
Now, these are the people who literally print the money. There is no, they don't even think in terms of money because they have so much money that's just like, it's not even a thing, you know? It's more about power than anything because they can print as much money as they want. Money is just a made up thing. You just type some shit into a fucking computer and you print out a billion dollars. You know, there's no tangible physical aspect to it. It's just a made up value. It only has a value that we give it. And there are private institutions and private bankers who are just making the money out of thin air. It doesn't rely on the government or anything. The Federal Reserve is an independent institution which was created in secrecy on a fucking island called Jekyll Island in like 1913 on Christmas. So nobody would know about it. And that's where our money comes from. So you can look up that. That's a big conspiracy in itself. Completely factual and just bullshit. So... You have these people who are part of these foundations. They're appointed to run these think tanks and foundations. And then they give money to the schools to come up with certain certain studies, you know, certain outcomes to the studies that have to do with climate change. And obviously the scientists know what outcome they're supposed to come up with. They know what they're supposed to say. They're not fucking stupid, you know. Um, so they lie and they'll they'll tweak the data and they'll word it in such a way where it seems like it is what it isn't. Therefore, people fucking believe in climate change because, you know, you'll have the headline scientists say or 99 percent of scientists say blah, blah, blah. Climate change is going to fucking kill us all. Stop driving a car, you know, <laughs> or stop eating meat or whatever. Now. If you have a. A scientific, you know, if the science industry is reliant on the money from big, powerful people who have agendas to control the world, then obviously that's a vested interest and your data will be skewed to reflect the interests of the person who is paying you. Now, there's a book about this. It's called State of Fear by Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton is the person who wrote Jurassic Park. Uh, very brilliant writer, you know, good, good shit is what he comes up with. Now, in his book, State of Fear, he caught a lot of shit for writing this, and it is about a group of eco-terrorists who plan on starting tsunamis and all kinds of crazy shit through these devices, these weather weapons, and they're going to use that as justification for uh, money towards, you know, climate change shit and to change policies with regards to climate change. Now, throughout this book, there is um, a lot of dialogue between somebody who would be classified as a climate change denier and somebody who would be classified as like a climate change activist. Those are the main characters. And throughout the book, they have this dialogue where the climate change denier dude who was named Kenner, I believe, um, he's just dropping all these truth bombs and it's all factual stuff. Even though it's a fictional book, all of the data he uses is all factual. So you can tell this is like Michael Crichton's way of exposing this gigantic fucking conspiracy is what it is and, um, telling people how it really is. So this whole book, I really encourage you to read it. You can get the audio book or whatever. It's a really good book. And then at the end of the book, he explains how, you know, his actual beliefs as a per- as a person, Michael Crichton. And he talks about this. He talks about how the scientists are being paid off to come to certain conclusions and that the data is inconclusive 
you know, the, the weather has been changing for thousands and thousands of years, and they can't even predict what the weather is going to be 10 days from now. So how are they going to know what it's going to be like in 10 years or 20 years or 100 years? You know, and industry hasn't been along, it hasn't been around long enough to really find out the impacts of it or what it's going to do 100 years from now or 200 years from now. And he also brought up a good point that people probably aren't going to need to, they're not going to need to be um, forced out of gasoline engines. If there's a superior system that comes along and is actually made available to the public, then people are naturally going to switch to that. And a good point he makes is that people didn't have to outlaw riding horses in order to get people to want to drive cars. You know, it was just easier to use a car than to ride a horse. So when something comes out and electric vehicles um, are seen to be more beneficial and, and less expensive and shit like that, then people are just going to naturally move to them. It doesn't take a government law in order for people to make that switch. If it's the better option, then it's the better option and people are going to go with it. So this whole, the climate change, global warming thing is really crazy because there's never really been anything quite like it. Meanwhile... The governments of the world, and there are multiple of them who have this ability, they're controlling the weather, and they're manipulating it, at least. To say they control it 100%, you know, that would be. I think that would be saying a little too much, but they can definitely manipulate it. They can move the jet stream, you know, using these scalar waves, using the aerosols they spray into the sky, and, uh, you know, the, the electromagnetic waves are a huge part of this, and the chemtrails as well. So, meanwhile, they're creating all this crazy weather. They can create droughts, they can create superstorms, and they can steer them and and do all kinds of just, you know, crazy shit. And then they blame it on climate change at the same time. And they over-report it, too. So the media is complicit as well. Every time there's a storm, it's the storm of the century, and, you know, nothing like this has ever happened, and they claim that it's proof of global warming. But storms have been happening forever, and we've only been recording the data on them for like 100 years or 150 years, really. And a lot of that shit was fucked up because the devices they had to record the data 150 years ago wasn't as good as the instruments we have today. So you can't really count on that data anyways. Let alone, you can't know what happened thousands of years ago, but people will go into like the ice fucking samples and shit. But even those mostly proved like against climate change. So it depends on who's interpreting it. Because if it's, you know, an independent motherfucker who isn't reliant on this big money from the foundations, they're going to come up with a completely different conclusion than somebody who is being paid by, like, the Rockefellers or whatever. So I hope that makes sense. (laughs) Maybe I'm not that good at explaining it. It's just a fucking big scam, dude. And it's crazy how people fall for it. Because you have so many different people telling you that it's real. And it's the popular thing to do is to believe in it. And if you question it or whatever, you're just seen as being ignorant or stupid, you know? So they just brush it off and they laugh at you and shit and you're just crazy. Or you're a Republican or whatever, a conservative and a Nazi and shit. But um, it's just nuts, dude. And yet Obama was big on the climate change shit and, you know, we're going to have to be more sustainable and, and switch to wind power and solar because the sea levels are going to rise But that motherfucker just bought a $15 million beach house. 
So first of all, where did Obama get $15 million? Because you don't make that much money as president. You only make like a couple hundred grand a year. And he was president for eight years. Now, that would be like $1.6 million. That's not $15 million. That would be a good down payment. But uh, where the fuck did you get that money, Obama? Motherfucker. Ah, they're all corrupt as shit, you know? And they get paid like a hundred grand for each speech. So he he has a shitload of money. You go into office poor and you come out rich as fuck because the reason you go into office in the first place is to make the deals, man, for the big ass companies and shit. You create legislation where you make some motherfuckers rich as fuck and then uh, they give you some money. So Obama's well off. He'll be fine. Don't worry about Obama or Michelle. They're cool. They're chilling at their beach house and apparently they're not very worried about the sea levels rising because they just bought a fucking house on Martha's Vineyard that's right on the ocean. So it's funny, you know? <laughs> there's there's celebrities too who speak about climate change and how we're all gonna die and all this shit and yet they live right on the beach. That's kind of funny. But facts don't matter, you know? People listen to what they hear and they like believe people. Don't believe shit. It's just crazy, man. Meanwhile, homeless people, man, they're everywhere, and it's sad. I see them walking around my town and stuff, and I'm like, damn, bro, where are you going to go tonight? It's fucking cold. It's a bummer, dude, and people hate them. People really fucking hate these people, and I can understand it when you got the people who are leaving the needles everywhere, and they're just drug addicts, and they're always causing a scene and shit, but um, you know, what's the solution for it? I don't know. I saw something uh, that they're going to do in Reno. It says they're going to do citizens arrests of all these people who are hanging out at this park. People are going to run in there and fucking wrangle up all these homeless people and throw them in the jail. And they're not even cops. It's just crazy, man. I don't know what to do. The other day I was out four-wheeling in the desert out by Virginia City. And we're pretty far out there. And I was with my friend Dylan. We were just going to smoke some weed and chill and shit. And I was telling him, I was like, dang, I don't like really mobbing out in the hills without my gun because there's some weird motherfuckers out there. People cooking meth and eh, just not people you want to hang out with or meet in the middle of nowhere. Because you, you can get killed out there and buried in a hole and they would never find you. There's a lot of desert out here in Nevada. So we're driving along and then uh, this guy fucking pulls up on this dirt road, we're way out there, and he stops in front of us so we can't pass him. And I'm like, what the fuck? And you could tell this dude was just, you know, high on meth, crackhead motherfucker. So he pulls up next to us, and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just fucking driving. What are you doing? He's like, you're in my driveway. And I'm like looking around. I'm on this dirt road that's miles long. You know, is this thing you're fucking driving? I was like, okay, bro, like, sorry. And then uh, he's just like, have a nice day. And then drove off. And I was like, damn, I need to have a gun in this bitch. Because uh, crackheads are crazy. So that crackhead, I would not give a ride to. But the one I met at the gas station last night, he was cool. So be careful when selecting which crackheads you want to give charity to. Because all crackheads are not created equal. Words of wisdom for today. Keep that in mind when you're doing your daily stuff. Um, what else is going on in the news? I don't know. 
I had a bunch of stuff that I wanted to talk about too, but then I kind of just like start rambling about stuff. I don't really prepare these talks. I just talk about what I've been thinking about lately. And uh, and then I forget about what I'm thinking about. <laughs> if that makes sense. Ah, oh, geez. It's just crazy. What is going on here? But it's all good, you know? It's almost Halloween. That's fun. Got to pick my costume and shit. So what am I going to be? I don't know. Only time will tell. Should I be Obama? No, not allowed to do that. I don't want to be a president. Presidents are gay. Maybe I'll be uh, Steve Steve Irwin? Nah, that was already done in South Park. I don't know. But, you know, one thing I have been thinking about is sex. Now, what about sex? Well, it's just everywhere. And it is like our main priority of most people. But... I think a lot of people aren't even having sex. They're just masturbating all the time instead of having sex because they don't want to go through what it takes to have a relationship. So they're just beating off to some weird shit that they find on the internet. And there's a lot of weird shit on there that you could find. So the influx of pornography went hand in hand with the internet. The internet was almost created for porn. And they knew this shit. And that's the reason why is because porn is like a weapon. It changes the way you see shit. And when you see so many naked people fucking, (laughs) it changes the way you perceive, like, a relationship. And uh, it makes it hard to have, like, a lifelong relationship. So it used to be that back in the day, people would meet when they were kids, and they would stay together forever. You would have one girl, and then this you know, a girl and a guy, they would fall madly in love and they would spend 50, 60 years together and then they would die. And that was life, you know, and they they were each other's partners. They helped each other out. They were there for each other through thick and thin. And that was life. Now, I don't think that shit is going to happen now. There's no way, dude. Like people don't stay together anymore. And I think a major reason for this is uh, the multiple partners that we have. Like the more people you have sex with and the more people you talk to or the more people seem available, like through Instagram and stuff, like all these bitches posting shit with their ass out and like, you know, their titties hanging out and shit, looking for attention, having dudes hit them up all the time and stuff. Like how are relationships ever going to work out when everybody is so easily available And, you know, displaying themselves as if they were just, you know, fuck toys and shit, you know. And that goes for guys too, man. Like, it's just a crazy world. And Aldous Huxley talked about this in his book, Brave New World. In Brave New World, sex was used as a weapon as well in order to prevent a family unit from ever being formed. And the reason they would want to prevent the family unit from being formed is because that's really the only defense against a tyrannical government is a strong family unit when you have a group of people you know a mother and a father and kids and cousins and brothers and sisters who all stick together under one roof and they all you know spend time together as a family and they discuss issues amongst themselves well that means that the government can't completely control you and tell you what to do because you're going to think for yourself and you're going to talk to your family about what's going on and you're going to come to conclusions together 
But if you don't have that family, if nobody has kids, or if you're a single mom, single dad, nothing against any of the single moms or single dads out there. I think that's awesome. You know, do your shit, do what you got to do. But without having that family unit, it really tears apart a nation, you know, because it starts, a community starts at the family. And if everybody is just alone and they don't have somebody else they can count on and really, you know, know will be there for them and someone they can talk to about anything, well then, well, first of all, you're going to be depressed. You're not going to be happy about shit. Uh, Life is going to be hard and you really have like no purpose. There's no solidarity. There's no like meaning in shit. If there's no love or like, you know, real, a real bond between people, because nowadays it's just all physical. It's all the carnal aspects of life. And they talk about this in the Bible too, about how, you know, you're supposed to have a bond with someone and be in love before you have sex and get married and all this stuff. And that's kind of what you're supposed to do. But, you know, nobody's really religious anymore. It is, it's not popular. It's not cool to, um, be celibate or whatever. And not that I am, you know, like I've, I've done my fair share of shit. Don't, don't you, uh, whatever. <laughs> but um, in Brave New World, Aldous Huxley makes this analogy between, uh, he talks about a hose. And he talks about a hose with water running through it. And this has to do with sex. So he says, if you poke it once, you'll have a, a you know, imagine a hose with water, pressurized water being ran through it. You poke one hole in it, and that water comes shooting out. You know, a very strong stream of water, like a jet of water, will come streaming out of it and just shooting out. If you poke another hole into it, well, now you're going to have two jets of water coming out of it, but they're going to be half as powerful. And if you poke another one in it, you know, it'll be even less powerful. Well, if you poke 50 or 60 or 100 holes in this fucking hose, then eventually it's just barely dribbling out. And that is like your love and your sex energy and this this uh, loyalty that you have. So the more people that you, you know, do the dirty with or whatever, um, <clears throat> the less likely you are to have that meaningful lifelong relationship that uh, will really make you feel fulfilled. And this has been done to us intentionally. We've been hypersexualized as as youths. Um, and it's sad, bro, like... You know, I think there's a lot of sadness that stems from this and people don't really understand why because we're not really taught to like show our emotions. Um, even people who who are feeling the effects of this, which I think are a lot more people than who admit it, um, they come up with ways of denying it. And we're encouraged to, you know, do you and, and do all this shit for yourself. Don't do it. You don't need no man. You're strong. Or like, you don't need a girl. Just do you and stuff. And uh, I I don't know if that's the way that we're supposed to live. I think we're supposed to have partners and, and somebody to count on and stuff. But with the way we've been trained and, you know, through TV and movies and uh, porn and all that stuff, it's changed us as human beings. And I think it's leaving us with a big empty hole inside of us. So if that's you... And, you know, maybe you haven't thought of this before, but, um, you know, that could be a reason why you're feeling the way you feel. If, if you're all sad and shit and alone, I don't know, dude, fucking 
it's just a crazy world and we are living, you know, there's a war going on. There really is. And it's a war against everyone. And it's a war for your mind. And the stuff you are shown, you know, through your cell phone, on TV, even the music you listen to, it's all a part of this stuff, man. It is is a pretty crazy, it's pretty crazy how overarching in, in how vast the reach is of this uh, this system and the extent that they go to in order to control your mind. So let's leave on a positive note. The fact that the people who want to rule the world and these evil people, the fact that they do so, so much to try to change the way you think about stuff and the way you behave, the war that is going on for your mind is proof that you matter. And that the thoughts you have are incredibly important. And the things that you say are incredibly important. You know, your life is important. Otherwise, these people wouldn't be trying so hard and investing so much money to trying to fuck you up. Because they know how powerful you are. And they know how powerful I am. And people like me. And shows like this. And and talks like this. And, uh... And music like what I make and, you know, whatever you're doing out there to try to help the people around you and wake them up and get them to see reality for what it is. That's the only thing you can do. And it is an, incre- an incredibly powerful tool. You know, it's it's uh, it's really why we're here on this planet, I think. I think it's a big battle between fucking good and evil. And, you know, choose your side, man. What you gonna do? Who you rolling with, brah? So... That's all I got for you today, man. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, it's your boy, Homage. Or David Castle. If you want to come buy a car, hit me up. Just kidding. Actually, I do sell cars, though. Anyways. <laughs> uh, I'm going to leave you with a song. In fact, it'll be a song by me. Check it out. It's called Vanishing Act. Peace. And now, for my next trick, I will vanish into thin air. Right before your eyes. Watch Here we goes. go, yo. Here we go, yo. You wow need the Maserati to get hotties, ride a shoddy, shoddy, hop in my jalopy, and a pop it in a body. Don't be knocking if it's rocking. She's fiending for the semen, screaming and agreement as she sees the penis screaming. Reason all the broads are getting swept up their feet. I was cleaning up the garbage, now they're left in the heat. I'm not being mean, come on, boo. Only poke of furniture. We can smoke a bun or two. Fuck you in the gun, it's cool. I use the gift of gas, bit the rap, bit the bag. Quick to ditch a picture, should be tripping like a hips attached. The buddy, buddy. Lovey dubbies don't get nothing from me I'm fucking ugly, honey Stunning ones want tons of money That's how it goes and it ain't gonna change Dames in the pain Degraded when the chain is restrained Slavery fetish embedded in the depths of the brain Sex is a game No love left the remains huh? Who would've thought you had a magical neck? Black wizard that a master the vanishing neck Are you really gone forever or you plan to come back? Another man damaged by the vanishing neck huh? Who would've thought you had a magical neck? Black wizard that a Mastered the vanishing neck Are you really gone forever or you plan to come back? Another man damaged by the vanishing neck Yo, no love existed with these dummy kids
to slutty bitches. It's wicked, hit it and ditched, and then your buddy gets it. It's twisted, more Christian family stuff. Leaves the party, gets your camera car, was man that she fucked. It's normality now, forever gather be foul. When the man's not a match, is going down in his pack. And the fellas ain't no better with some devilish dudes. Got your main bitch, and then the side chicks to send nudes. And you fucking them too. Ain't no one to stand loyalty, but I don't mind as long as you can promise me you'll spoil me. Treat me like a royalty, massage me and feed me grapes. Never need to rape on any day, I've at least three today. Be my mate, and we can fight and try and make it work. But I'm sure something will happen, and you wind up getting hurt. I ain't perfect, yo, I'm far from it. Fuck it, it's true. Yesterday was all love, now nothing to you. Damn, who would have thought you had a magical neck? Black wizard that mastered the vanishing neck. Are you really gone forever, or you plan to come back? Another man damaged by the vanishing neck. You had a magical neck Black wizard that a mastered the vanishing neck Are you really gone forever or you plan to come back? Another man damaged by the vanishing neck Vanishing neck Just another trick of the trade Fuck a chick and get laid Then you dip in the skate That's the way we operate in this modern day harem Nobody's got fair and no babies ain't got parents Girls are more embarrassed about tripping in class And having 20 different kids stick a dick in the racks In the sad, in the past we had standards and morals Now chicks as young as six are giving handies and all It's deplorable and sickening Ugliness is thickening Fuck some bitch you think is clean Bumps and itches at your thing And you'll find it's designed by social architects Cartoons, movies and music All involved in sex It's hypersexualized Fiction has been weaponized Recognize your fair life That's why you're dead inside Never my commitment I've had it with that Now I'm all about the old fashioned vanishing act And I'm gone